Hi, this is Libby. And this is Roberta. And this is Art Blog Radio. Today we're speaking with Beth Heinley. Beth is an artist and curator. She does performance, installation, cartooning, all with a wicked sense of irony that we believe covers up a heart of gold. Beth, who was an early member of the Little Berlin Artists Collective, is now a Vox Populi member. We have to say we are partial to Beth, who worked for Art Blog during some of our formative years, in which she managed our banner sponsorships and was fearless in conquering technology for us, including setting up many of our social media platforms and other stuff. We love Beth. And they still work, I want to say. Yes, they work really well. So we're sitting in Vox Populi now, surrounded by the show Collection, which Beth originated. Tell us about Collection. Um, first off, I'm going to cry off of that intro. <laughs> Go ahead. Heart of gold. We told you you oh, had God. a heart of gold. <laughs> anyway, um, so collection, I wanted to curate a show where I ask collectors and artists, collectors within Philadelphia to show their artwork, you know. And But, you know, I would be completely in control of, con- like, selecting and what have you. Because I think what an artist collects really says a lot about the artwork that they make. It's kind of like a portrait of them as an artist, like the artwork that's in their homes. Do you have work in the show from your collection? Yes, I have. What's your self-portrait via collection? (laughs) So I have uh, Michael Jerkovich. I I hope I don't butcher your name. I always say that to him. He must have told me a million times how to say his name. But anyway, uh, he did a photograph of uh, a dead cat that I have in my home. And I actually technically kind of stole it from him because he installed it at Little Berlin for an exhibit, Little Warsaw. And I loved it, like the picture. And I pretty much, when they were deinstalling, just took it and told him, I promise I'll give you something in exchange, which I never did. And, <laughs> and then I have a Lou Bain piece called The Final Frontier. And it's like a piece of circled denim where she's cross-stitched uh, constellation. I, it's just... Uh, the the uh, fabric it has like an ephemeral kind of feel to it and you know the constellations you know plus the title the final frontier is funny to me and then I have Steve Keen the sonic youth guitar this I love this being in the show because he he has a, if anything his work kind of connotates collection like a lot of people have a Steve Keen because. He makes like work really fast and like in stencil like form, and he's kind of perfected that. And like you can collect his work for like five to ten to fifteen dollars. So you can go to his website right now, stevekeen.com, and go and pick a piece out. All on wood. He All on wood. Yeah, he like cuts out wood stencils and like you know, and then he has like a street painter kind of aesthetic. Like he does like quick stylings to everything. So, does your are your walls covered with art? Um, not, it would be if my boyfriend would let me. <laughs> I kind of, I also have like an art corner because he doesn't really like all the artwork that I collect. So I have like a little art corner and then I also have the bathroom. Another artist who's in this show, whose work I love, Nathan Paul Smith, uh, who's a, a local cartoonist here in Philly. I guess you would say he's a cartoonist, but like he has a piece in the front room. You should check it out. It's from Jay Hardman's collection, but I have one of his pieces in my bathroom which I was going to put in the show, and I was so excited that Jay collected his work. It was a nice coincidence. So do you take your collection seriously because it's so cheap? And if you had a zillion dollars, what would you be buying? If I had a zillion dollars, 
Yeah, I do. I do think what my budget, what I can afford, is like exemplary of what I collect. I also collect artist books and, and zines because I feel like what I love about zines is that it's an affordable way to collect. With a lot of the art that I collect, I don't think the most I've spent on something is probably $50. And as an artist, I get to trade. But the thing is, like, the artwork does have to speak to me. I have to be able to live with it. It has to cater to my sense of humor. Uh, one thing that everyone was talking about in the show with the cell phone tour that I realized is, is how they talk about how they live with the pieces. What cell phone tour? Um, so with the show, we decided to do a cell phone tour. The collectors were asked to call in and record a message about their piece. And a number of people did talk about how it hangs in their home. And that was like, I think it's a really sweet touch. Also hearing everybody's voice while you're looking at the piece, hearing the person's voice is, uh, it's, it's really enhanced the experience of the show, I think, for me when I'm looking at the artwork. I, I want to just take a little segue here into your philosophy. Just tell us a little bit about what fuels your worldview, because I think you have one, and I think it's a little bit dark, and like you said before, a little sad, sad. Mm-hmm. but you also are a psychic reader sometimes of cards. Yes, and I am, and so a self-proclaimed mystical. witch. So Okay, so <laughs> talk a little bit about that. Where did that come from? I mean, did you grow up in a household that was questing after spirituality? and? Uh, I would say no, because I grew up in a Catholic household. Um, <laughs> So basically, it was like my childhood was about the battle of like good and evil. And for me, though, as a child, I was always interested in evil and bad things. Like I just, I was like, oh, really? Well, how far can you take this? Like, who's this mm-hmm. God that's gonna like, you know, come down and strike me for my sins? You know. So that basically made me not a religious person. <laughs> but I would say what was ingrained in me from the Catholic Church is. The idea of, of ritual is like something that I, I do like about the Catholic Church, the idea of community. I would say like a lot of people, like the Catholic Church is a pretty dark and disturbing place, and I'm sorry, but it's true. And it kind of did give me my grim kind of sense of humor in a way, I would say. I know you used to do these cartoons when you were in high school. Mm-hmm. Were you at a Catholic school? Yeah. And... <laughs> And did the um, did you draw them during class? Yes, uh, the three o'clock book um, is yeah that was with my friend Maureen Cummings. We drew them pretty much during Spanish class, I would say. And that like I would say for me like when you think is there some kind of defining moment when you believe that you're an artist or you've stepped over the, into that realm. And the three o'clock book for me was that moment in, in high school. I mean, I began to have firm beliefs and in, in statements or philosophies that I wanted to put forth into the world. Um, I had this, this best friend of mine who is the, the like I loved collaborating with, um, who inspired me. Like it, my inspiration isn't it doesn't come out of nowhere. I'm inspired by people and working with people. And, and yeah, the dark humor in the comics, like we both had a really dark sense of humor and we like fed off each other and then this thing began to grow from that. So are you still drawing? Do you still have a sketchbook? I know yeah. you have had reams and reams of sketchbooks. Yeah, I try, I try to do a weekly comic. 
Um, I, I, it ends up being like every couple of weeks or, or once a month. But like those are like my, the three o'clock book continues on and those are like my Bethisms or like, it's like my, my journal of, you know, the evil thoughts that I have that I think are funny. And um, I, I want to start another book. Doing a, a book is like really, really hard. Like you just need a ton of time to do it because I, don't, I like to work straight through so the next graphic novel that I'm working on is called The SS Killer. And uh, now I have to do it now. Great. Yes, you do. Uh, <laughs> in public. And, um, but anyway, it's about, it's a server serial killer. So yeah, SS Killer, like, yeah, it has some kind of Nazi connotation, which is, but it has nothing to do with Nazis. But it is a horror, so you have to mention Nazis at one point. To, for the drawing to be really good, for the writing to be really good for me, I need to work straight through. So I have to finish that. That's the. What do you mean answer. by working straight through? By straight through, through I mean I need at least like one eight-hour day a week where I'm drawing all day. That is actually kind of hard. I would I would love to do like 15-hour sessions each week for this book. Like I know that while I'm drawing, you come up with better ideas. It's very much like in the moment, and and that always happens. Like I write as I go for that reason. So let's switch subjects a little bit. When did you become a Vox Populi member? And you were a little Berlin member, so Mm -hmm. talk about making the switch. Let's see. I became a member of Vox in October-ish, officially. Um, So I really haven't been here that long. First and foremost, I wanted to join because I admire the artists who are members here. Like, I I love their work. So I want to... Can you name a couple? Well, I'm really, Becky Suss, like her paintings, Linda Young's installation, Piper Brett, Gabriel Boyce, I'm totally biased to love his work, but I do. Um, <laughs> let me, uh, Mark Stockton's drawings are intense, love his work. You're, you're going to make me list everybody. Don't list okay, everybody, but... we're going to cut you off right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Leaving Little Berlin. I, first off, I'm still involved there with the zine library because that's like my, my little baby project there. And I t- tell us what that is. There won't be some, oh, there will yeah. be people that don't know what that um, is. At, at Little Berlin as a member. So Little Berlin is a collective that runs as an, uh, uh, through artists as individuals. Okay. So you each get your own month to curate an exhibit. And my thing was just turned out to be like the zine library. I collect zines and artist books because it's a great gateway for somebody who doesn't have a lot of money to collect artwork. So I, I was like, we should have a zine library at the gallery because that, that just really adds to the rich, richness of the visitor experience. You know, you come in to see a show, but then you have like all these books you get to look through. And like, I have like half the collection archived online, which is like 160 zines online. So you scanned all the pages of all the books. So I started doing that, and then I remembered an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where this is like the first season, guys. So I can't remember the demon's name, but they—that's what they did. Giles was scanning the library because it was like this was like Fear of the Internet. This episode, right? So Giles was scanning the library because they were digitizing the library at at their high school. And next thing you know, he accidentally released some kind of demon who, like, wreaked havoc onto the high school. So after I remembered this episode again, I was like, I'm not scanning these zines in anymore. Because who knows, 
like what could happen, like what kind of evils I might be like bringing forth into the world. But really, you have to see the, the zine in person to like really get it. Because the, the files are huge too. I don't want to like put that burden onto Little Berlin's server to have like, like thousands of giant images. The philosophy of Little Berlin was that you didn't show your own work, if I understood it, or you mostly didn't, some yeah. of the members did. But here the philosophy is you do show your own work. You have a member show. Mm -hmm. So do you have a member show coming up here? Yeah, we have a member show coming up in May. And I would say, I mean, Vox, it, uh, the members do show their own work, but you are giving that slot and you could do whatever you want. You can curate something into this space if you wanted. The way that I, I, it came to me is like curating as an extension of my creative expression. I'm a self-taught curator. Like I, I, I get off on curating guys. Like I really do. I get a lot back from it. As an artist, I learned so much about the artists that I include in the show, about how visitors interact with an exhibit. And I think it just only makes you a better artist. So, but anyway, so at Vox, like, you, you can curate something in your space if you wanted to. Not a lot of artists are, are like that, though. You've been Ten with years. Little Berlin for... Yeah, it was like three, three years, three to four years, something like that. Yeah, and I was pretty burnt out when I left, so, <laughs> so I can only imagine... Is that why you left? That was like one of a number of reasons. I really, I was really burnt out. And like you do there too at Low Berlin, there, there wasn't any clear roles set out just yet. It's very much in a, a newer stage. And, you know, I did my part and new members were coming in. I just didn't want to like control that space. I wanted to like new people to come in and see what happens from there. You know, I did my time. I feel like... That sounds like a jail sentence, but I mean, like, like the like three years just like felt really good to me. I, I don't, I didn't want to be in charge, and so I left. And then Vox, like, they also at the same time had like a mass exodus of members, and I kind of felt like, uh, you know, I'm into the scene here, and as a kind of, like, I wanted to like be a part of Vox, and it seemed like a perfect timing to switch over. So, you know, you're, you're very excited about collecting. I mean, that's one of, it's a big issue for you. Mm -hmm. And you collect uh, very reasonably priced stuff. Mm -hmm. But even so, you can't be making all that much money. What is your day job? How do you uh, manage this? I, I wait tables at uh, Fado Irish Pub um, at 15th and Locust. If you're listening to this radio show, you've never been there. You know, I, I work there like three, three days a week, so it's like part-time, which gives me a lot of time. It, waiting tables, you can make a decent amount of money in very little time. Am I a rich? Far from it. And my lifestyle, like, is, is really, really inexpensive. And I'm getting ready to collect more because I recently quit smoking, so I'm saving. Really, I just live very modestly. I, I spend money on what I care about, which is my community. And, and that's really what makes Philadelphia's art scene uh, vibrant and alive is like contributing into it. Because if you want to be a working artist, you, you want the community that you're in to thrive. You want because it, it's feeding you artistic energy. That is a fantastic note to end on. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Beth. Thank you, Beth. Beth, we've Thank been speaking guys. with Beth Heinley at Vox Populi. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Art Blog Radio is brought to you by theartblog.org. 
Thanks to our sponsors, including the Knight Foundation. Also, we want to thank Peter Crimmins, who makes us sound good. He's our editor. And thanks to Eric Biondo for his music. You can download these podcasts at theartblog.org slash radio.